This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. We talk more about um, Easter message, which is the truth. Uh, but today we're going back to our study in full. And where we left it off was on strategies. Remember, we said that you will need strategies if you, uh, we need to have a good response in time of crisis or in times of crisis. Uh, but today I will, you know, just tell you stories. Amen? I'll tell you stories. So I don't have to title this one, but you can put it under strategies for a winning response in times of crisis, strategies for a winning response in times of crisis. So three stories and three lessons I will give you today very quickly. And then we hopefully we have um, just a short time to also pray. My first story was there was a king who was very popular and well supported in an ancient kingdom. Now this king was well loved was well-liked, was pretty popular. And uh, there was a time that he received the divine instruction that he should go and fight another nation. And then he gathered the army together and he went to fight this nation. But he made one little mistake because he did not follow the instruction that was given unto him in fighting this particular nation. So eventually, he went to war, defeated the nation, but as God told him, don't leave anything standing, don't leave anything alive, just exterminate them. Uh, for some reason, he did not obey that, up to the extent that he was taking little things that did not really matter. Anyway, eventually, he went back home, and then he himself became mentally unstable after a while, and then he died in battle. And so... Difficult time he had, never really enjoyed his reign as a king. But 600 years later, the king that he spared, who later was killed though, but he spared quite a few of that nation. Instead of completely wiping them out, that king had a descendant or child and children and children. So 600 years would probably be, if we use 500 years, so 50 years as a generation, that would be 600 divided by 12 generations down the line. Another king arose from that particular family and one member of that kingdom decided to now turn around and exterminate the nation whose king did not exterminate them. Amen. Is that story looking familiar to some of you? So that descendants really went after the nation that should have actually dealt with the other nation. But if not for divine intervention, that you know, um, the, 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 everything will have turned around and then the supposedly vanquished should have now been the victor and the victor will have been the vanquished. So the table will have turned. And anyway, God stepped in. And by whisker of the air, if you want to say that, they escaped extermination because of the error of the previous king that was there 600 years ago. I'm sure in your living rooms and wherever you are listening, you are 
already feeding me back the story. You know the story? That king was Saul, son of Kish. And the other king was Agag, the king of Amalek. And those accounts were found in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 to 35. And the offspring of Agag was Haman, the Agagite, who was the one that decided to exterminate, even though he was not even king at that time, but he was an influential member of the kingdom. He seized the opportunity and said, I will wipe out these people who should have been wiped out. Lesson number one from story number one. The enemy you did not finish off will come back to finish you. The enemy you did not finish off will, I'm not even saying, will come back to finish you. But I know that's not your portion. Under that, don't leave your battle for your children to fight. Whatever you need to finish now, finish it off. And we know we are in a time in which we have a lot of application from this particular thing. Even our own personal circumstances. There are some family challenges that we are now seeing that we should have finished long time ago. That we should have resolved long time. There I say when they call marriage seminars and conferences and, and um, couples meetings or whatever, that we could have brought those matters out and deal with them. But sometimes we discover that some of the places where some of these challenges are arising, there are probably places where people have derided and they have not used the opportunity to deal with an enemy that has been staring them in the face. There are times that we could have had for our children in time past. Now we are forced to be at home with them. Because we can run out before and make excuses. Men can run out. I say, you know, I'm busy, I'm busy now. We are holding in with them. If I saw my looking for a way of escape so that they can escape from them and not do our duty. We should have dealt with those things long time, brethren. So this time of crisis, we better deal with things because as long as there is heaven and earth, times of challenges will come. The truth of the matter is that you will need to get yourself prepared so that you can overcome the coming challenge. Do not ever, ever again leave a matter that you can solve today to tomorrow. There is a way it haunts a person. And anyway, there are opportune times that one can fight a battle best to win. Oh, I've learned that as a minister of God. I've learned that as a child of God. I will be preparing like the Lord. We say, stop what you are doing. He said, go and now pray. Where I was praying, the answer to the thing that I'm racking my head about will be given to me there. God knows everything, especially as children of God. When God says stop, stop. When God says move, move. For this man, this other king Saul, as we said, he did not recognize, and that's another point I want to raise. He did not recognize that you may not know the full meaning of instructions given to you, especially by God. And when I say by God, sometimes it can be from superior authorities over you. Secular authority, spiritual authority. You may not need to understand everything. Many times we've been telling children, yes, we are in a generation of asking why. Well, you may not know all the why. Just step out and do that. How many wise do you want to? Anyway, if they explain the why to you, will you fully understand it? A person that will, that's why I would never forget that statement of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When he commended the centurion, I said, ah, really? You understand principle of the kingdom like this? You understand the principle of life? I'm a man under authority having soldiers under me. It's an eternal principle. I beg of us, brethren, as much as is within your power, 
Submit yourself to instructions that are given unto you. You may not understand it fully. If Saul at that time was thinking, ah, ah, that was very harsh. Ah, ah, didn't, they, didn't God know that there are very good animals that we can sacrifice to him? And God said, I don't need your animal. I saw what was coming this hundred years. And I'm warning you now, deal with it. The man didn't deal with it. Don't live in regret. If there are things you've not dealt with it. Let me quickly temper that for you. Don't live in regret. With God... Every new day is an opportunity to start anew. Amen. He said they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Maybe you are sitting and they are ah, truly indeed. Pastor, you are right. I should have dealt with this matter. Pastor, you are right. I should have listened. Now, I'm not even getting old. All my options have been exhausted. I should have been patient in the situation. I should have shown Christian love. I should have followed the instruction of the Bible. I should have stopped saying that. I will show her. I will show him. I should have stopped saying, I will just take my time and do it tomorrow. Brethren, the enemy you did not finish off will come back to finish you. You will not be finished in Jesus' name. This time now is showing us this kind of leadership we have all over the world. It's showing us all sorts of leadership. We should have prayed for them. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. We should have prayed for them. Now we are all praying for them now. It's never too late. I pray in the name that's above all names that wisdom will be our portion and from now onward we will finish off the enemy that God has given unto us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, that's for story number one and um, let's take another story. Hopefully we may still refer to one or two things there. Story number two. There was a military ruler of an ancient nascent nation. A nation, nascent nation. A nascent nation is a nation that is just rising up. And this nation became very famous and popular for some very strange, well, not strange reason, but yeah, strange by human understanding. They were just a band of untrained people and they were just winning battles. And people were wondering, how are you doing it? In fact, well-established nations, they were just winning battles against them um, without any prejudice. Let's say, which, which one is a very small uh, nation around here? Um, let's say Azerbaijan. You know, by all stand, I'm not sure it's a very big nation. Um, now decided to say it's going to take on the United States of America. And he did. And one battle against them. He finished that one. I said, let me try France. He took France and finished it. So that was what this nation was doing. Everywhere they were going. So there was this military ruler they had. He also had to go to battle. And there was a complex situation that came about for that to happen because they got themselves into a situation to have an alliance with another nation that tricked them and that nation got into trouble. And so anyway, they just decided to end up, they ended up fighting a battle of a great alliance of nations. And that alliance of nations were all very strong nations, well established, many hundreds, possibly thousands of years before this little nation was there. Long story cut short, they went to battle and as typical of this nation that have been punching above its weight, decided to take on this particular group of five nations and presto, before they knew it, they were winning. And they were winning so much that they were fleeing, they were fleeing from them, and the battle was going on. But suddenly, it was getting late. And so, the sun was going down, and 
for some reason, they felt that they needed more time to finish off the battle that they have started. Amen. And so, when it was getting dark, and in those days, you know, you don't have night vision cameras to drum bomb at night. They didn't have bombs anyway. So usually, battles usually terminate naturally by the time of the day. So this man decided, this military leader decided to do something unusual. He prayed and cried out and called to God and I said, God, don't let the sun set. Don't let the moon come up or set or whatever, but let me have full light until I finish these people. You know what he did? And it was already in, in, you know, in, the, in the story that this was an event that has never, ever taken place before. In addition to the fact that the sun stood still for them and the moon did not shift, it also, they received help from heaven in which hailstones were rolled down upon them. Bible students, you know my story. Anybody? Yes. That was who? Joshua. Very good. And the confederacy of five nations led by who? Might not remember that one. By Adoni. Zedek, king of Jerusalem. That's found in Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 to 15. Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 to 15. And I hope both young and those that are vast in the scriptures, you are following these very simple and direct accounts and stories from the scripture. What are the lessons from this one about this military leader called Joshua? Number two lesson from number two story. Press your advantage until you have total victory. Press your advantage until you have total victory. That is very, very common with children of God. We stop fighting too soon. We've seen it through the ages, and we've been warned over and over again. A person has not been breaking through. Let's even say in Christian ministry, you've been struggling to have the church planted and grow. And immediately, there's the first sign of increase and enlargement. We go back and relax and sit down. Thank God for God has placed a leader over us, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, in the person of our daddy, Jill, Pastor Deboe. He kept saying, keep pressing on. That was a principle from Joshua. Don't stop. Don't lose your advantage. Keep pressing it. It's never time to take your foot off the neck of your enemy. Never, ever do that. Whatever has been troubling you, as soon as you gain some victory or advantage, press it home until you win completely. And I put it this way. I said, whatever is working must be persisted on until your victory is clear, until your victory is certain, and until your victory is certified. Whatever is working for you might be prayer, might be your good attitude in your home. Maybe suddenly it's been difficult. You just decided to do the right thing. You decided to act, come and begin some closes as a fool. And you find the other person changing. Don't turn around and say, I'm not a fool. I did it only for you. Uh, 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 uh. Let your victory be clear to everybody. Let it be certain. That is, it is obvious that it's unlikely to change. Above, let it be certified. Certified by even those who are fighting. I said, uh, indeed. When David conquered Goliath, 
As if Goliath can rise up again. Who knew? Goliath could have been just a coma. The Bible said the stone sank into the head of Goliath. What did David do? He didn't have a sword. Took Goliath's, Goliath's sword and cut off his neck. There are things we need to cut off their neck, brethren. If we've been praying and we are seeing little results, all the more reason why the Lord is saying, continue praying. Praise your advantage until it is certain. Praise your advantage until it is certain. Don't allow nature, which is the time of day, tiredness, hunger. Don't allow nature to stop you. And believe you me, a person, after you have done a lot of battle, you can ask Joshua, maybe when we get to heaven, you will ask him. And say, Joshua, that night, what came upon you? I mean, you've driven these people away. Even hailstones were falling. What was your problem? Why do you not tire? Ah, Joshua will say I was tired. But I knew that if those kings will come back again, they will finish us. Because it will be double vengeance. Jesus Christ, our Lord said, if a house is cleaned and garnished, and you have, if you driven a demon out, and you did not reverse and continue to guard that house, he said, it will go and bring seven demons more powerful than himself. Any battle that is half won is usually more difficult to win. In fact, we know that very clearly in, 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 in treatment, in treating people. You are treating the particular germs in the body, commonly bacteria in the body. You're giving some medication to it. If you don't use, that's why they say use your antibiotics for seven days or five days. If you use for three days, the thing will go down. You know what? The thing bounces back. The thing bounces back. There are natural laws that they cannot be changed. You go to a battle and you decided to go and fight the battle halfway. They've known your tactics anyway. You better use your tactics once and for all. Oh, they know the way you fight. Or you go for a football match and you decided to know this, this very, very weak team. You find out that goal one, goal two, by the time you got to goal five, you then started playing. Not knowing, you ask people that played Manchester United before, three goals are eight, they've still won the Champions League. You didn't decide to now say, we, we get to a point, every time we throw 13 goals, we see how you start 13 goals when we play the, the return leg. We're using all these things to jeer us, our brethren, anything that is working in your life. It may be giving. Don't listen to liars. It may be that you have been serving God. Oh, you have not got all you are looking for, but you know God has reinvented your life because of your service to him. A brother mentioned, I'll never forget, of our brothers mentioned here. He came to town as a young person studying for his master's. And just out those ones, you know, very enthusiastic. Thank God we still have such crops in our time. And he came to church, I know, and just saw that we had the drum set that nobody was sitting on. He decided to play the drum set. Anyway, long story cut short, he had an assignment to do, I think, somewhere along the way, maybe two, three weeks until he started his course. And then decided to just go for choir practice and come and drum in church. And, and he said, my, oh my, I've got this coursework to go in. Naturally, I should not have come to church because some of those coursework, I guess, they can be very tight. They give you coursework on Friday, submit by 12 midnight on Sunday. And this guy said, I'm in trouble. He said, Minima, if I were to do that coursework, it would take me two hours. But because the man has served the Lord with his time, he said he did it in 12 minutes. I would never forget that testimony. And I've had many after that one. But you know the wise thing for such people? They've never stopped serving the Lord. And that's why they are moving from level to level. And that's why many areas of their lives are opening up. Their family situation is opening up. Their finances are opening up. May not be there yet. Their careers are opening up. Simply because that has worked for them. Whatever has worked for you, keep doing them. Quit doing them. Don't allow nature 
Joshua was tired, but he decided to say irrespective. Then don't give in to neighbors. You know, I believe on that day, there must have been people around Joshua saying, man, come on, you, I think you are getting above your head now. I mean, people have told me before, when we had advantage in this church by the special grace of God, you know, um, and thank God, God has not changed. He's still been favoring us in that area. We've always looked up onto people. have been wondering, how do they say we look up onto God for our finances in this church? Economic downturn on economic downturn. We never have to go into, into the red. Never. Since the Lord has opened us to the, oh, in the early days, we struggled. Many of you knew the story. We didn't have 300 pounds to pay our rent. We went to the bank, and I met the bank manager, myself, and Pastor Wilfred. We've had that story before. The man looked at us. The man drove us away. He said, he can't give us. Ah, we shook. I shook my head, I said. And the first time that happened to me in my life was when I was back in Nigeria looking for overdrive to buy a tire. You see, it happened to me here. He's called, I said, ah, I mean, this is a paltry amount of money in good times. I'm not supposed, I should be giving this out. The bank turned us away. Long story. Things changed. We put a few things in place that we ought to do ourselves very well. We don't. Every instruction given us from above, we obey them immediately. Every amount that above us calls to, to walk into, we do that, irrespective of whatever is in the account. And since then, we never lack as a church. Never. We never have to beg. If we raise funds so that we can bless people, even in times like this, when people are crying, we are seeing upsurge in what is coming in because we trusted in the Lord. How many times have I come to beg people here? That has worked for me. And so, when evil things are happening around, and people, and people have suggested to us before, in those good times, because you will have neighbors, as Joshua must have neighbors, telling, I'm talking about strategies now, things that you need to settle in your heart. When you have an advantage, press it until you have total victory. When we finish this, decorating this place, buying 21, 31 Palmaster Road, the older ones, we know the story. And then circumstances with a lot of hardship. We, I just was not interested. But it was obvious the Lord wanted us to buy the other one. Anyway, long story, Korea 29. And people that were supposed to do it, they were nudging me and saying, Pastor, you are getting big-headed. He said, what's wrong with you? We just, there are people that you met here, they've not done anything. I think you are getting arrogant now. And they even worked against me. Oh, I need to fight them. No. What I'm seeing, they were not seeing. With great pain, God moved us through all that, and we have increased influence in the city, number one, because God was using us to now minister to those that were downcast. We had growth in number. We had depth of work with the Lord ourselves. We knew the Lord more. There was increase. People left here. They went to other places. They were proud of being here. We have not only church within here. We have churches in other places. Even they may attend other churches, but they're still part of the bigger group of people because we press the advantage. But we had neighbors that said, don't press the advantage. Don't listen to them. And this is the people who want to destroy your life. And by telling you some fake theologies about not giving of your time, of your money to God. Don't listen to anybody. I'm standing to tell you. Was it on Wednesday I shared with you my story of tithe? Was it? Okay, it must have been Wednesday. I can't get feedback from you because you are over there. Hallelujah. But I believe it's Wednesday. Hallelujah. So his church is a little bit difficult now without the feedback. But God is good. Amen. But the truth of the matter is that please press your advantage until you have total victory. Don't shut down winning tactics. 
In times like this, I mentioned that we need to keep praying. You agree with me? It's working, oh, brethren. It is working. Some of the changes we have adapted now, our wonderful social media group, our wonderful uh, multimedia group, the house fellowship, the department. Though we're not gathering, all the departments are still functioning and still supporting what we're doing centrally from their different homes and locations. And uh, so there are things we've learned during this time. It's a winning strategy. Don't give up. Our social media must not come down below where it is. Or the platforms where we are transmitting, we need to move into new ones. Press the advantage. So we have the physical church here, and we have a bigger virtual church outside there. And in fact, we're looking forward to the time when the virtual church will be far, far bigger than the physical church. Well, that's our advantage that we have learned in this time of crisis, and we need to press it. We need to use it, and use it as we go forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we are good for time, and I believe we must have covered some ground. So, in recap, we said our lessons, two main lessons we have learned. Lesson number one, the enemy you did not finish off will come back to do what? To finish you. They will not finish you in Jesus' name. We said press your advantage until you have total victory. I have time for one more story. This one might be less predictable than you think, but let me give it a shot. Also, two kings went to battle. Amen? So today... It's a day of stories about kings and battles. Amen. One of the kings, one of the kings, rather, was very strong. And he had a large army made up of infantry and horse riders or cavalrys. Um, and they were, his army was large because he also had a confederacy of two other nations joining this particular nation, which was actually a big nation by his own standard. But there was this other king who was very modestly equipped as an army in terms of numbers and in terms of resources. So and this happened many years ago. On the first day of battle, the battle ended in a stalemate. So the two kings, they came, one from this side, one from that side, and for some reason, they couldn't decide who was the winner on the day. But the next morning, the smaller army of the smaller nation, of the apparently weaker nation, came up with a strategy. Now, there was strategy now. He divided his army into three divisions, which was very rare in those days. When they fight, there's what we call the battle line. You really don't have the battle line anymore. Now, battle line can be in the air when they ball. Battle line can be on the sea. So, battle is everywhere now. But you know that you also have a battle line. So, you have one on this side, the one on the other side. And then, when it was morning, they were expecting the everyone to, came, to come together rather but this other king which of the smaller nation divided the small army into three. <laughs> that was very strange. He divided me into three groups and so the first group as the stronger army came out and were about to, they are making their formations to go into battle, this other smaller army or a division of the smaller army came out of hiding. As they came out of hiding, they shocked the bigger one and so they were surprised. Ah, what's going on? Anyway, while this small one was charging at them, 
the man was just shaking his head. Is he okay? As he was charging at them, close to where they were, the smaller band of people of the smaller army fell on their knees. And as they fell on their knees, the big king of the bigger nation laughed and told his assistant, I said, oh, they are praying for mercy. The attendant said, yes, they are praying for mercy, but not from you, from God. He said, these people, they will either die or conquer. And they conquered. They rushed at them, took them down, chased them, and they gained a lot of territory that very day. Very early in the morning, by evening, they've conquered territories. They sent three nations flying, and they, in fact, extended their territory far into another place. And so, that was something unusual that happened. All right? As I said, this one might be a little bit tough for you. Who are these kings? The smaller king or the king of the smaller nation was Robert the Bruce of Scotland. The king of the bigger nation was Edward II of England and he had an alliance with Wales and with Ireland at that time. And, you know, their main base was around, uh, I think, Dunbar, somewhere like that. And they moved right away, York, and they moved right away up to Stirling, where they had a major post there. And, of course, you must have seen that before. That's called the Battle of Bannockburn. Bannockburn is still right there outside in Stirlingshire. And... Um, and, and so a lot of stories where you're hearing the story, you probably many things are going through your mind. Wow. You know, number one, you prayed. Probably you heard that. Number two, you came up with an unusual strategy. I probably don't even have time for all that, but the Holy Spirit will give you understanding and you will dissect that and you understand that later and understand all those later. So, because of my time, what shall be our lesson number three from story number three? With God on our side, a stalemate shall be turned into a decisive victory. With God on our side, a stalemate shall be turned into a decisive victory. Brethren, there is so much uncertainty now. It's a stalemate. I mean, you know that. You know that. I mean, and truly, people even started doubting whether there was a virus or not. Of course, there was a virus. There is a virus to me. Those there should be no doubt about that. But we're doubting whether we should use face mask or not. Uh, is it washing hand? Does it spread by aerosol? Is it by two meters? Is it by six meters? Should be the total shutdown, partial shutdown, isolation. There is so much that is unclear. And it's always like it can go either way. But with God on our side, it will go our way. This particular crisis, it will go the way of the children of God that are praying. It will favor us. Because what is amassed against the church as a whole, and I will need to talk a little bit more about the church in this particular instance. 
Because we are like the David, we are like the robber, the bruise that was a small, despised person. But we have God to kneel down before and look up unto him. And they are probably deriding our prayer as Edward derided the prayers of Bruce and his army. As they laugh at them, the church may be despised, we may be mocked. But I tell you one thing, brothers and sisters, friends. When God is on your side, there is a way in which ordinary David takes down the Goliath. And I want you to see this. Yes, it's a problem for the whole world, but the church of Jesus Christ must come out of this far, far better than everyone else. Because we have invested in every aspect of it. We have our doctors invested. And there's, by the grace of God, no evil shall befall them. We have our nurses investing. We have our care workers investing. We have our delivery people investing. We have every area of economy where Christians were investing, like this secular, but we have an added investment, which is in the place of prayer and faith before God. And so, because of the justice of God, I demand from heaven, as a son demands of his father, that his own must be kept. Those that have given much, they must receive much. In every facet, we've put in something. And it must be said of us that we are exempt from every attack of the enemy simply because our investment was over and above. We went, we've gone beyond the call of duty. And we thank God there was a time I never followed Christ. There was a time I was living my own life and so, I'm not taking down people that don't have the knowledge that you and I, we have now. But the truth of the matter is that while others are probably having a good time jogging now, you are glued before your television. You are listening. You are glued before your tablet or your phone. You are listening. You're taking something in. You go back later on to pray about it. You have invested. While others are busy in other things, 10 a.m. in the morning, we come together, we pray. Sometimes during the day, we have invested, we have invested, we have invested. And I know the righteousness of God will not allow us to suffer any loss. We shall not suffer loss. We shall not suffer loss in the name of Jesus. Because this stalemate shall be turned into a decisive victory for us in the name of Jesus. What shall I say? Well, to say, faithful is he who has promised, and he will do it. Lift up your voices with mine in prayer. If you're a member of this household of God, household of faith, you are a believer in Christ Jesus, he's your Lord and Savior, thank him for the opportunity. Thank him that without any shadow of doubt, this will not end in a stalemate in your life. You will not come out of this as no victory, no loss. You will come out as clear-cut victory. Clear-cut victory. Nothing shall be, you know, equivocal about it. Nothing shall be middle of the road about it. Begin to pray unto the Lord right now. Starting from our last point, Lord, Turn this to a decisive victory for me. Turn this to a decisive victory for my loved ones, for my family. Turn this to a decisive victory for your church as a whole. 
Let there be an explosion of the growth of your church in power, in influence, in righteousness, in wholeness. Let there be an expansion. Let there be an expansion. Use this as an opportunity to settle all matters. Remember, we started where the battle, the enemy that you did not finish. This is the time to finish that enemy that has been dogging you for many years. It might be an enemy about your health. I'm keen into all that. It might be an enemy about your emotions. It can be an enemy about your family situation. Make up your mind that this time around, I will finish it off. I'll finish it off. And you will finish it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. Amen. Eternal rock of ages, we thank you. We appreciate you for your love and your kindness. Once again, you have shown us kindness. He said, the entrance of your word gives light, gives understanding unto the simple. We receive your word this afternoon. Power, strength, grace to press our advantage until we have... For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.